I'm going to read one part of a prayer and then I'm going to have you to be seated. This is the Lord's Prayer. Pray like this. This is the ESV version. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. We pray that this morning, Lord. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day, Lord, our daily bread and forgive us our debt as we also have forgiven our debtors. That means don't you forgive us if we haven't forgiven all. <laughs> and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil and the evil one. Glory to his name. Would you give him one more praise offering this morning? Blessed be the Lord. And as we get right into the word of God and you are just reverently being seated. I do want to welcome everyone. And we thank God you're here. We thank God you're online. But folks, I want to go ahead and serve notice on everybody here and online. This could be your last church service. This could be it. I may not get to the text. This could be your last church service. So you want to give God and the Spirit of the Lord every bit of your being right now. I want to tell you that there's something, two things I want you to pray about. The first thing is, this coming Saturday, there is a fundraiser for our brothers and sisters at Springfield Pentecostal Holiness Church right down the road from us. And I, God laid this on my heart. Sometimes Saturday, they're having a sale, a hot dog sale or something. But if, if, if you have a today, I'll make a different shirt or a multitude shirt or just some kind of Christian type t-shirt that would represent the body of Christ. Not even necessarily multitudes. I want you to wear it and I want you to go down there and I want you to bless those people. The church is going to do something, but I want, I want you to do this. I want people to see in the body, but I want people outside of the body of Christ that will be there. I want them to see that there's no such thing as this church and that church. Or these people and those people. It's the body of Christ. I want people to see that, folks. They've seen enough separation for long enough. And then the other thing is I want you to pray between now and next Sunday because we're going to receive an offering that goes 100% toward helping the, the million-plus people that have uh, been refugeed out of Ukraine and, and the ones that are still there. So I'm asking you to pray before you even think about any dollar amount. And then God will provide that. About four weeks ago, maybe, 
I had shared with you a message about the wilderness. And of all the places in the world, the word of God came to John the Baptist in the wilderness. It, it was God's word in the most unusual of places. Probably the most uncomfortable of places is what I told you where God came to John the Baptist. And there's been a message that's been on my heart pretty much since that day that sounds, there, there's a lot of similarities in that. And the only explanation that I can give myself or anybody here or, or watching is that the Lord just really wants to tell you something very bad. And so God has had me in the book of First Samuel for a while. And I've been reading about David for quite some time and, and studying him. And I believe with all of my heart, David represents every person in this bill. Every, I, I believe he, he represents everybody somewhere at some point that calls themselves a Christian. You know, because he did a lot of good. But then he, then he did some bad things too. He made some horrible choices. But God still had a, not only a calling on his life, but God still had an anointing on his life. God knew before the oceans were put in place and the land separated the oceans that David would make mistakes. Are you hearing me this morning? Yet, in that wisdom of God, he still chose with that knowledge to allow the lineage of his son, which would be our Savior, to be born in that bloodline, or through that lineage, rather. You see, many people are not serving God like you can be or like they should be because you just don't understand what God is willing to do with you in spite of you. You don't understand it. So David did a lot of things. In fact, the Bible says in... Well, before I even read you what the Bible says in 1 Samuel, I want to take you to a resume of David. And I'm going to share it on the screen with you. It's the resume, what I've called it, of a caveman. You see, it started out with David being the younger or the youngest of his brothers. He was also... The shepherd boy, that meant that was his household chores. David, as a shepherd boy, was also anointed to be the king. And then David would go on to kill Goliath. But before that, he would kill, the Bible tells us, a bear and a lion that was about to destroy his flock. David also become the absolute best of friends with the king's son whose name was Jonathan. 
David had been celebrated in the streets after the big victory with Goliath and his father-in-law still being acting king had to hear the chant that went like this. David has killed his, Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his tens of thousands. David actually had a spear thrown at him by this man I just referred to, Saul, his father-in-law, who is the king. David would marry this man, Saul, his daughter, some say Michal or Michael, and then David would later on have another spear thrown at him again by his father-in-law, Saul. And then there's one day, out of a lot of tears and anguish and heartbroke and not even really understanding because his loyalty to Saul, in spite of Saul's attempt to take his life, because he knew that David had been chosen and anointed by God to be king. And David still remained loyal to, to him. But David was forced to leave, out, leave town and become homeless. And while he was on the run, David had to eat old communion bread inside of the temple in order to just survive and stay alive. And then David... Knowing he was anointed as king, knowing he had killed a bear, knowing he had killed a giant, knowing he had killed a lion, had to pretend like he was crazy and a lunatic and slobber and get it all over his beard and just clang a, a, a cup across the gate, the city gate, just so he could get somewhere where he would be protected because... He was fearful after knowing all of that and having achieved all of that. He was fearful of Achish, which was the king of Gath, where he had resulted to. Now, all of everything that I just told you about happened before David would go and hide in a cave. In fact, the scripture I'm referring to today is found in 1 Samuel 22, verse 1. After playing the madman, the Bible says, Therefore David departed from there, and he escaped to the cave of Adullam. So when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, they went down there to him. Now, there's so many things that are on my heart today, and I want only the God that I serve to speak through me today. I don't want any part of my flesh or anything else that I might be tempted to say or not say Come, But I want to tell everybody what seems like for the second time within a month span that God knows where you are. God's more aware of where you are than you are aware of where you are. God knows why you are where you are. David could not understand that. See, he had been loyal to Saul. 
Later on, he would continue to be loyal to Saul and refuse just two chapters over in chapter 24 when he was in another cave in the deep recesses of a cave with his men. Saul would come in to kind of relieve himself and just take a break. And David could have killed him. In fact, he was encouraged to kill him or let one of his men kill him. And his response was, there is no, how can I kill the anointed of the Lord and be guiltless? And so knowing that kind of loyalty had been put in place by David, there had to be a moment or moments or a, or a span of time when he just, I don't get it. Anybody there? Or you've been there. I don't understand it. I've done it right. I've honored your word. I've done what thus saith the Lord. I don't understand it, God. But you see, a cave is not all that bad, you see. In fact, if you find the right cave, you don't have to rent it or lease it. God is Jehovah Jireh. He always provides whether it's a wilderness or a cave, he's a providing God. Amen. He knows what you need and he'll give it to you without explanation or even trying to defend his provision for you. Paul said, I've learned whatever state I'm in to be content. I've had a lot and then I've been dead broke and empty. But I've learned to love God and rejoice the king of heaven and earth, when I've had a lot and when I've had nothing. He said, I know how to do it because I know the most valuable thing I have is in my heart. It won't go nowhere. Bless his holy name. Now, you see, there was something that happened to David while he was running, while he was probably trying to get over people making fun of him, of just trying to save his life. But let me tell you these things real quick. You see, while David was inside of the cave, there's some great things that happened too. The first thing was, I'm talking to a lot of people today, David knew that he was anointed by God. I'm going to say something that's going to be so controversial right now. It's not going to be funny, but I'm not going to apologize for it. I want you to point it yourself. And I want you to say these controversial words with me. I do it. Take your finger in the name of Jesus Christ and a point on your chest. I don't care if you're a visitor. Do it. I am anointed by God. I'm about to prove that to you. If you are still living, you've got a pulse, you're breathing, and we call you alive, you are not a mistake. God didn't mean to take you out, but he didn't get good enough at doing that four years ago or when you were laying busted wide open in an emergency room somewhere or shot all up on the side of a ditch. God left you here because he was going to anoint you to finish what Jesus said the church would finish. But I don't feel goosebumps. I even cussed this morning. 
I'm not concerned again for the second time in 90 days. I'm not looking at your current or past label. I'm looking at the promises of God that says He will complete what He started inside of you. One of the hardest battles you are going to face is the same one that I live with every day of my life. And you have got to forget those things that are behind you in the name of Jesus. That means relationships that's gone south. That means jobs that you were hoodooed out of. That means failed bad marriages. That means foreclosed homes. That means just bitter things that happen at work or at school. Or just a very, very bad, horrible thing that took place in your life that you did not ask for. You are going to have to forget like Paul again those things and press forward because Jesus is about to rapture the church. Church. Hallelujah. David knew. Now I don't have scripture that says what I'm about to tell you but I can't discount that this Possibly could not have gone through his mind. I've been disregarded with my new job title. I've been shunned at when I took my brother's milk and cheese and bread and eggs and whatever all he took. The snacks that his daddy sent when Goliath was mocking the armies of the Lord God Almighty. He said, I've been ostracized and I've also been just treated very bad by my father-in-law whom I love and I am loyal to. And here I am inside of a cave right now. But I've understood one thing. There was a day when I was minding my own business. And I was feeding the, the flock like I've always done. I was feeding those sheep. And while I was feeding those sheep, happening in a place in my daddy's house that I could not see, every last one of my brothers was being brought before the prophet Samuel. And not one of them was the one that Jehovah God chose. And some servant came and called for me. I was nothing but the son of Jesse. And I was a servant. And I was a shepherd boy. But somehow or another, hallelujah, Jehovah God called for me through the prophet and anointed me and I've got to do whatever i got to do because I'll never forget that day when God called me out of nowhere to put me somewhere. So if it means running and living and hiding out in a cave because i got to protect this temple that God's perfecting and he's going to complete, I'm going to hide in a cave. Hallelujah. It's only the goodness of the Holy Ghost that's allowing me to preach this morning. 
I'm so flooded by the power and presence of God. I could cry myself to death or I could just run and not stop until my heart quit. So I'm overflowing and I just need to share that and get it off my chest this morning. Hallelujah to the King. Hallelujah. You see, when God's anointed you, church, when God spared your life, when God plucked you up out of the miry clay, you might not have been feeding sheep, but God plucked you up and He put your feet on solid ground. You can't never forget that until they singing at a graveside somewhere. You might have to run. You might have to sever relationships. You might have to get rid of things in your life or people or belongings. You might have to do play the crazy man. You might be the one called a fool for Christ's sake. But my goodness alive, you need to do it because God has kept you here and you got to survive till. God completes what He wants to complete in you. I don't know what all crossed His mind, but I know that He remembers the day He was anointed, that God did what He did. God chose Him. His daddy didn't have a name. His daddy wasn't prominent in town, but God still chose him, you see. And out of all the people, and later we would see the same behavior in Mary. We saw that in the life of Joseph earlier. And David knew, I don't like this. This is not fair. After all, I've arrived. But he knew he was anointed and it was God. It wasn't just the president. It wasn't a movie star. It wasn't a billionaire. It wasn't anybody else. It was Jehovah God is the one that called him and anointed him. And that is the same God that's done the same thing in each and every one of your life. Because the Bible says it's he that's made us and not we ourselves or anybody else. And it's in Him that we live and we move and we have our being. So God's got all rights to every bit of you. The Bible also said not only did it, He do whatever it took to survive, run, play the madman, hide out in a cave. But there's something else I just read to all of us in this passage right here. The Bible says that when he got to the cave of Adullam, his brothers and all of his house, his father, heard of it. And I want to tell you, the people that really love you in this life, they'll go to your cave. They'll go to your cave. It might not be the talk of the town. But real love knows no limits. And you know that phrase. People that love you, not people that like you or hypocrite you, act one way to your face and another way somewhere else. The people that really love you will go to your cave. Oh, I know they will and the fakers will go to your grave. But in life... The real people will go to your cave with you. The lowest place in your life, the place of misunderstanding, 
why God has you right there. God knows that there's people that still love you and will go to you in spite of you and everything else about you. That's what David found out. We also know that verse 2, you don't have this, but I'm going to read it to you. Not only did his father and his family, but verse 2 says, and everyone who was in distress. You see, there's a lot of people that feel like you do. There's a lot of people, they wasn't anointed king, but they just knew there was more than what was going on around them to life. And the Bible says this. The Bible says, everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was discontented gathered to him. And there were about 400 men with him. I was going with verse 3. Then David went from there. No, no, no. Let me just stay with verse 2. So all of them people gathered with David there, the discontented, the indebted people that were in debt, and the distressed, discouraged people. And so David, over those 400 people, became their captain. And what I want to tell you today is that I don't care what the cave looks like. Don't even care how you feel about the cave. You need to stand still in the cave and see the salvation of God because not only did God send the people that really loved him, God built his army, God built his team, God raised up the king as the captain. He didn't have to have a draft. He didn't have to go bribe or buy. You see, when you are taking care of the anointed temple of God, God's obligated to provide everything that consists and matters about your life until the day you die, church. And if you don't know the beauty of that, I'm going to just reveal it to you today. He again that started a good work in you, not only will he do it, but he's more than capable of doing. Let God be true and every man a liar, church. Let God be true. And when you're in that cave, you know it's dark and it's lonely. You go through all the things. You go through all the emotions. Your family or the people that may not even be your direct immediate family. But the people come, the people that God sends. And then God will send people that can get you, that's like you, that you can iron, sharpen irons with them. And God will take what seems like leftover trash and nothing and miserable and just unfortunate. And God can take it and turn it around and turn it into a mighty thing. All while you're sitting in a cave and not even praying for God to do it. God is able to go before you and do what needs to be done while you're sitting there doing what God wants you to do. And that's run for your life. Now, can I preach now? We've been all over the place. 
for the past two years, soon to be going into three years. And I want to tell everybody, and you know what's happening right now? Everybody's mind, your, your mind's either going in one direction or it's probably going in another direction. So let me help everybody's mind out. Number one, you need to, you need to say to yourself, the Lord rebuke you. That's what you need to say. That's what I said. There is no way. Now, you hear me in the name of Jesus. There is no way. There is no way you can do it. You cannot set your mind on things above while you still entertain everything in the earth that's going on in the earth or feel like you've just got to be the solution. I'm telling you, in the name of Jesus Christ, he is the only solution, and He is about to give the signal, as I said Wednesday night, and tell the Son to come bring my children home. There's a wedding waiting, and if your mind is not narrowed down and focused on that event, it does not look good for you for the next seven years. How can you say that? I'm saved. I said the sinner's prayer. But you cannot serve two masters. And if you're going home, your mind is not even on your suitcase. Your mind is on liftoff day. That's what your mind is on. You're not, the things of this world have grown strangely dim to you by now. I mean everything. Everybody. Jesus even broke it down and said, if you can't even love your you can't love your spouse, your children. You can't even love your own life. You've got to be willing to sell out everybody and everything. And I want all of you. That's hardcore, amen? But that's what the cross looked like. All. Oh, nobody will ever have to walk naked for Jesus. But he hung naked for you. And you've got to understand, church, the rapture is about to occur. And there's people, Jesus told us, I said it Wednesday night, all the instances that we can look at, all the time Noah preached. Everybody could have got on. It's a big boat, by the way. But you know what? Eight people got on. Eight people happened to be his family. His family could have done what his son-in-laws did and laugh. But see, the people that love you will go to your cave. People that loved him got in the boat with him. That's a whole message right there, but I'm going to just elaborate for a minute. You see, his son-in-law wanted to continue to play the world, eating, drinking, merry, having fun, caught up in the, the current trend and all that. They were no more like the rest of the earth. Then you, then you had, later on, you would see Lot and his wife and his two daughters running out of the city. Hey, everybody could have said, I'm surrendering to Jehovah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a, a law-abiding, a real law-abiding citizen. I'm going to follow passionately like the deer does after the water. But the Bible says only those four and only three of them made it. Because one of them looked back, Lot's wife. 
Those of you that heard it, just bear with me. I'm about through. Then you have the ten virgins. All represent the church. A lot, most scholars say it looks like a picture of the church. All of them were, bright, were, were engaged. All of them were. Five are considered wise. Five are considered foolish. And then they all slept. We all do that. That's why we've got to pray and work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. That's why we've got to lay before the Lord and get everything out, get everything right, and say, God, you've anointed me. You've called me. Do what you want to do. I don't care what I have to do. Do what you want to do so that you can complete the work in this temple. Five of them finally woke up, and they trimmed their lamps. They filled them with oil, and at midnight, the sound was made, and they went. The others tried, couldn't get in, knock, 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 knock. It didn't happen because they didn't take it serious, you see. So all three of those instances right there, more than one or two could have been involved. But then what I use was that passage that everybody knows about. Jesus himself said, but you know, straight is the gate and narrow is the way. Broad is the way that leads to hell, to destruction. A lot of people are going that way, by the way. He said, and here's the closing line that looks like those first. Few there be that find it. See, everybody's saved, as I said Wednesday, and everybody's on their way to heaven according to their standards or a hireling behind the pulpit's standards. Or a denomination standard, everybody, everybody's going to heaven. But I'm telling you right now, every time the wrath and judgment of God poured out, everybody could have went. Every God so loved the world, but only those who were seriously looking found the way. And today God has sent you here. He sent me, kept me alive to preach one more message just to remind all of us that He's about to return. And don't you give up right now because you have to go in a cave. Great things can happen when you're in the cave. But God wants me to reiterate this too. When God does that work inside, you need to come out and you need to say, I'm anointed of God. I've been left here. Whatever shape I'm in, I'm left here to do what God needs doing because Jesus said, I'm going away, but I'm leaving you here to do greater things. So get rid of your labels. Get rid of the things that are behind you. Get rid of anybody that tries to knock you out of the way. What you need to do is seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he, was, while he is near. And we just need to take a lot of people to heaven with us. I don't know how many people today or in what we call a cave. Or this is kind of foreign to you. you. You don't understand it. All my bills are caught up. But as far as I know, most everybody likes me. Everything I'm doing seems to be working out all right. Or you might say, man, I'm in a cave. There ain't nobody that loves me has shown up yet. I ain't had an army to come to, to get together a team so I can get this done. But let me tell you something. It starts out with knowing. Joseph did the same thing earlier. 
you've got to understand what it really means. And I don't mean church's definition. I mean what the Bible says. What it really means to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I don't mean going to church and then paying tithes and then, you know, I got a lot of other things. If all you can do is think about, talk about, dream about, or plan about all the other things, and you are not consumed, listen to me, you are not consumed at the wedding bells that's about to ring through the trump of God, then you need to search yourself right now today. See, a lot of people, we've cast out demons in your name. We taught Sunday school. We gave large sums of money. I uh, have even seen demons be cast out when I prayed for them. Jesus said this. I'm going to say it two ways. Jesus said, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. But what he was saying, you did all that. That was a form of godliness. You thought it was power that was given to you because you were so close to me. But all I was doing was relieving that person that I'm ready to use or getting glory out of their life. He says, you were never, I never even knew you. It didn't even register on the radar who you were because you didn't love me first and you didn't love me most. You see, you know what's going to keep people from the rapture? It ain't church attendance. It's not going to be uh, giving or serving or even knowing the Bible. What will keep people that think they're going from being Part, the few that find it is relationship. Jesus being Lord of your life more than your flesh, more than anybody or anything, it's going to be Jesus first. And if you cannot in this service today, if you've got to give some kind of excuse or some kind of explanation, in church, this is going to sound judgmental. But I offer you to do the same thing. Listen over the course of the next seven days. To, not the world. The world is supposed to talk about things of the world. Current affairs. Materialism. Current trends. That's what the world does, church. But over the next seven days, when you are around other believers part of this church or part of any church or people that just say, yeah, I'm a Christian. I want you, without saying a word, I want you to keep a mental note of the first thing that comes out of their mouth or what the most they talk about and keep a running record of how much of that is not Jesus Christ. Or no, let's flip it. Keep a record of how much of it is Jesus Christ. That's going to be the easiest thing to do. If I walk up to somebody, and I don't mean we can't ever talk about the weather, or four or five dollar gas, soon to be maybe seven dollars. I'm not talking about that. I'm, I'm not talking about just small little talk like that. But if I cannot get around another heaven bound 
brother or sister in the Lord. And we do not at least bring up the subject, the husband of our soul, there's something wrong with one or two or both of us. That's not popular preaching. It's not going to get anywhere. You're not going to invite more people to church because of that. People's not going to want to know how to log on and listen to the podcast or the video. But I'm telling you how to be in the few. And a lot of people do not like this kind of preaching. And I mean outside of the church. Other people are disturbed by it because God's grace is supposed to cover your willful rebellion and everything else. And you're frustrating the grace of God if you think you can live any kind of way and you can still say, well, I'm going. I'm first class, man. I'm going. I'm in the first load. I'm going. I'm going. You're sadly mistaken because if you don't love Jesus or appreciate his blood and sacrifice for you at Calvary enough to want to walk away from this life in this world, I'm afraid you're still bound to this world and you're not going to be able to be lifted off the ground. I want you to stand with me if you will. I felt good when I came to church today. I really did. But now I don't know if I'm saved. If that, if that anything like that comes across your mind, I ain't going to do what a lot of preachers would say. Well, now, hold on. I'm going to tell you if that thought crossed your mind or something like that, then you need to do your first works over again. I'm quoting the Lord Jesus Christ. I had a man to tell me, and I'm about to, I'm about to derail the cart now. I'm, I'm warning you now. I'm on my way home, and it's not that I'm in a don't care mode, but I've, got, I, I've realized my daddy's sitting right there. He had to go in 1984 to the emergency room with my mama one night after he allowed me to get a car that he didn't want me to get because of the engine that I wrapped around that pine tree on Prison Camp Road. And I know that's one time I do know. But I'm telling all of you that don't know it or don't care to know it, I'm going to remind you, God anointed me that night on that bed if he didn't do it before then. And he told me, I'm going to save your life, boy, but you're going to give it back to me and you're going to do what I'm calling you to do. So I want to tell you, I told a guy two or three weeks ago, goes to a church in a denomination. They're real strong about the denomination is for sending false signals to people at times. Certain ones are. We were talking about something. And I said, I'm going to tell you the same thing I tell people. When they ask me, do I believe in eternal security? I say, I tell everybody and I'm telling you. I believe one million percent that I am eternally secure. But for me to stand behind my pulpit or the pulpit at our church and me to tell everybody, all you got to do is say the sinner's prayer one, and then you go out and do whatever you want to again because that's what a lot of preachers have told people down through the centuries, whether they said it directly or indirectly because we want the easy way out. We want a free pass to do whatever we want to, and you cannot do that. When you're saved, you, you, the, your former life of sin is repulsive to you. You. 
You want to do everything in your power not to do what you used to do because you're a child of the king now. And you want to look like him in every way you can. You want to sound like him and do like him. So I'm telling you today again, church, I'm telling you, it's a broad way. It was a big door on the ark. It sure was. It was a mighty big door. That was, that was a path that more than just three people could have fit on when the angel led them out of Sodom and Gomorrah. I'm telling you, you can get on it if you're not on it or if you're not sure if you're on it, but you've got to do this. You've got to go back. I know for a fact if I die today or tonight, I don't know what I'm going to get. I don't know what my mansion looks like. I hope them rocking chairs I sewed a long time ago is up there. But there's do, one thing I do know. I do know when I take my last breath, hallelujah, the next sight I see is the face of Jesus. And I don't worry about it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't worry about it. I want you to close your eyes. Everybody in here that can be honest with the Holy Ghost and say, man, I'm making sure. He's my first. I've been in a cave, don't know why. If that's you, you don't need to wait to look around to see if your best is going. You need to come and say, Lord, I'm just doing a checkup now. I want it right, God. I'm in this cave, but I'm ready to come out of this cave. Or I want to be ready when I go into the cave. I'll wait. While you sit there and arm wrestle with the Holy Ghost. Because that's what you're doing. That pride's about to choke a lot of people in this church right now. My righteousness, I don't know about, well I do. But my righteousness is as filthy rags. Mine is. I know that because the Bible tells me that. A lot of people are going to be left when the trumpet sounds. Because the, the sin called pride I'm not looking for certain people or a certain amount I just know one thing there's a lot of needs Father God we come to this altar today because of the positive things you have done starting with the cross of Calvary Lord I come here today I pour myself out I open myself, you don't have to, you can spread out. I open myself out today, up to you, Lord. I give it up. I lift up my voice. I lift up my mouth. I lift up my heart, my hands to you today, God. And I pray in the name of Jesus that you would hear me, Lord, and know that I'm grateful that you anointed me I'm willing to do whatever. I'm willing to hurt somebody's feelings on Wednesday night, on Sunday morning, when we have prayer, when we have a special event, or when I get up every morning. I, I'm not interested in continuing to give ABC ratings. I'm not interested in showing Facebook how many people can log on and check their status before 6 a.m. God, I'm tired of giving the world all kind of stats. I'm ready to give you statistics and put you first in my life. The name of Jesus, God, we pray, Father, that you would have your way today. And any person here in online 
that you are feeling like you're lonely in that cave, that God don't know you're there, God knows you're there, God is working like we sing about the Waymaker. Even when I don't see him, he's working. God's going to send somebody your way. He's going to finish what he started. He's going to complete that perfect work. There's more for you than are against you. The devil is seeking like a lion. He's trying to kill people by the millions right now in this, in this world. But see, God's going to leave us here until he's through, and then the restrainer will be removed. We will be at home. And then the wrath of God is going to begin to be poured out because of people that didn't take God serious and people that never, ever paid God any attention. If you are not a believer, all you have to do is say, Jesus, forgive me. I am a sinner. And I know, Lord, that I am not prepared. I know that I'm not ready. I know that I'm not ready, Lord. But because of what you did, Jesus, at the cross of Calvary, I repent today, Lord. I denounce, I denounce my life of sin. I repent, God. I want to be saved. I want to get my mind on that. Lord, I, I do. I now tell everybody around me that I have a new Lord. I have a new master. I have a new savior. My name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Father, I pray right now over every single person that walked through these doors or that is with us online right now, Lord, that in the name of Jesus, God, you would help us to see. We're not waiting on a bus. And we're just playing on our phone until the bus shows up. God, we are a mighty army you have reserved, Lord, for this day and this hour. And I'm asking you in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. Lord, would you anoint people in a way they've never been anointed before. God, would you anoint them in the name of Jesus. Go before them. Provide. Be the lifter up of their head, oh God. And let them know that you are a God of completion. The name of Jesus. Church, I want to take, I don't want to take up time, but I know it's as sure as I'm standing right in this spot. That God has spoke to me to tell you this. I don't know who it's for, how many, or what, what it is. But I'm telling you, the pastor has preached the word of God this morning. And, he's, and what has been said is that God has chosen you. God has anointed you. God has set you apart. There are people here that way back a long time ago, God chose you for something. And he placed a call on your life. But what happened was life, and things happen in life. But that call is still there. 
that anointing is still there. God hasn't changed his mind. And you know, how many of you can testify that you've felt the spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, in this place today? The Bible says that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty or freedom. That's what the Bible says. And I, I'm just telling you, this is a moment that God, it's, it's a, this is a now moment right now. There are some of you in this building that are bound by things. You have chains, but God hasn't changed his mind about you. Okay? But what I'm telling you is you don't have to leave this building with those same chains on you. Can I, do I have a witness that believes in the name and in the power of the name of Jesus? Do you believe that Jesus still sets men and women and anybody free? Does anybody need some freedom in their life? I'm not, we don't need to know what it is. We all face struggles. We all have issues. We all have areas that we need to experience the freedom of, of Jesus in our life. And I'm telling you, I'm not trying to take over or do anything, but be obedient to the Spirit of the Lord. And if you need freedom, I'm telling you right now in this moment, I'm just crazy enough to believe it, that Jesus can set you free right now in this moment. If you need a freedom in any area of your life, won't you lift your hands and just accept that freedom from Christ. In the name of Jesus, we speak freedom in this place. Just receive it. If you need it, you know what God's dealing with you about right now. The Holy Spirit's dealing with you with things. But you can be set free in the name of Jesus. And we stand on the Word of God. We stand on that truth that says that we can be free. We can walk in freedom. And we cannot have to be entangled again with the bondage of sin. But we can walk in freedom. And I declare over you. I declare of you in the name of Jesus right now, by the power of the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, be free, be free. Oh, chain, let the chains fall in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, if you believe you're experiencing receiving that freedom, won't you praise the Lord for your freedom? Why don't you give him a praise? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I don't know how many people. <clears throat> While Joe was speaking, the Lord spoke to me. I don't know if there is one person here. It may be online. But the Lord just spoke to me and said, anoint yourself because there are some people that cannot sleep at night because of pain that you live in. And it might be somebody online. But if you're not able to sleep at night because of pain that grips your body, I don't know what part of I don't even know who I'm talking to. But in the name of, and I know we got people from other states that listen to us and what, but in the name of Jesus, 
In the name of Jesus, it's by your stripes, Lord, we are here. And whatever, Lord, affliction or bondage, Lord, that someone cannot get at rest from in the name of Jesus, Lord, because you are holy and you are mighty and there is no distance in prayer. Lord, there is nothing that you cannot do in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, that you would be glorified through meeting these needs in your holy name, Father, right now. Every person, if you don't have your eyes closed, because, see, God's doing something. I want you to, I want you just to begin. If you don't know what to do in your event, I just want you to say, Lord, you're the King of kings, and you're worthy of all the praise. need prayer today. If you need prayer today, I'm dead, but I don't care. If you need prayer today, I'll pray for you right now, but you can get, God ain't, God ain't limited to the altar. If you just raise your hands and say, Lord, here I am. God, God will do a work right now. Hey, he's been waiting on us to get to this service, the whole, this part of the service, the whole day.
Now listen, if you don't get what, I, I'm tired of that. If you don't get what you want, it's your own fault today. Because the water's running today. The water's running today. The water's running today. Listen. I just want to pray. Somebody want prayer. You want prayer, Ed? I'm praying right now. God, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. God, let the enemy be scattered in the name of Jesus. I pray, oh, Father, that you would do in Ed's life, God, that that he feels you've laid on his heart, Lord. I pray, God, that you would sustain him. You would open doors that no man can close, close doors no man can open, oh, God. And I'm asking you, oh, God, to be glorified in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. God, would you do it? Would you let Ed see, God? that he can finish strong like Paul did and everybody else. God, touch me and touch your whole family. God, go before the Lord. Make it clear, straight and clear, God, as you work a work in his life. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Break every stronghold. Shine through the shadows.
explanation or apology, Lord. Let it be done in the name of Jesus. Let it be done in the name of Jesus. Let it be done all over the church. All over the church.